The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash Bill Risser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash Bill Risser. That's why I think our growth has been so great over the last few years is, you know, once folks start creating reports, start seeing the client's reaction to having the data presented really well in a report, and then also being able to do it really quick so you're not bogged down in research, I think those things start surfacing to the top is really important in the agent's life, and then you get that repeat user. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Welcome to episode 90 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Once again, I get to go back in time with a guest. I've, I've known Reggie Nicolay, Vice President of Marketing with Realtor Property Resource for, it's close to 10 years now. Uh, and way before RPR, Reggie was already helping realtors in other ways, doing things with technology and, and a lot more that we're going to talk about in today's episode. So, Reggie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> you know what? You're probably right. I don't remember the uh, number that uh, Nicole was on there, but yeah, <laughs> you're, good call. Thank uh, you for the invite. I appreciate you taking the time today. So let me let me let's start with that part of your life. I I, I would guess that if they had a Guinness Book or World Record for the number of video appearance appearances while working on a computer, you would dominate that category. You'd have the record. <laughs> so so funny, Bill. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so let's clue in the listeners to the that maybe don't really know. There, I can't imagine there there are many, but don't know what I'm talking about. So kind of explain what we're talking about and how it got started and how it became a thing. Yeah, the day I turned from um, Reggie Nicolay to Nicole's husband, well, you know, or Nick Nick's husband, uh, or the guy that doesn't turn around the videos. So, well, it all started when um, you know we were trying to make an internet presence for ourselves, and my wife always being you know in front of the camera, she just loved it, and she loved making people smile. She started making videos in our office, and the reality is there were so many videos that, and we had a tight space. I had to just get some work done. And um, there was a point when, you know, we tried to get me in the videos in the very, very, very beginning, and I quickly gave up. And before I know it, I would just keep working. And she started doing these, um, what we call dance grams, but they were essentially around people's birthdays. And I'm there in the background, um, you know, deadpan, just working. Um, and it became the shtick. And people commented and loved it, and video after video. Everyone couldn't understand, you know, how this beautiful lady could be dancing here having so much fun in front of the camera and there's this guy behind her that doesn't even notice what's going on and <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of videos later um that's still a look i still have to get some stuff done yeah it's it, it really became a social object for the two of you really right i mean it was that's how people knew you it was yeah great. we would go places and yeah i would have to turn around and you know they'd ask to see the back of my head it became like this this you know funny joke so yeah it did I imagine there were a few pictures Nicole took with people where you're in the picture, but you're turned around the other way. That's, that'd be pretty <laughs> There's been a bunch of those. Good, good. You've been in the East Bay area of Northern California for a long time. Uh, did you grow up there? Is that where you were born and raised? 
you know, I grew up uh, the first first 12 years of my life in uh, the Oregon, in Northern Oregon area. Okay. And then I moved to uh, San Diego, where I finished high school. And then I wanted to get away, you know, as, as I think any high school student does. And when I went to college, I looked to go all the way north, and I went to Sonoma. And so that's where I ended up in. That's how I got to Northern California. It was really college. It was the gateway. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, so that, that brought me to the Bay Area. So I've got a little San Diego background myself. Where'd you go to high school? It was in El Cajon at Granite Hills High School. I know it very well. I went to Mount McGill. So we're the, oh, really? Yeah, I'm a little older. Oh, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, so what year did you graduate yeah. high school now that I got this part of your life going? Yeah, 93. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Granite Hills had a, a lot of uh, some good young baseball players come out of there, probably right between my time and your time. Or maybe Brian Giles. I think he was a Granite Hills alum. Uh, so that name sounds familiar. Um, I didn't personally know him, but yeah, yeah, so. that's cool. So you get to Sonoma State, and you you do you like Northern California? I mean, obviously it's love been it. yeah, so yeah, it's been a nice it. cross between Oregon probably and San Diego. Um, kind of. I think that's exactly well said. It's the perfect middle point, you know, um, and uh, it's a right weather for us, and yeah, everything about it. I love the wine country. I'm just going to guess. I mean, it might be true, but was a career in real estate technology kind of right there in front of you? That's what you were striving for at Sonoma State? <laughs> it's funny because I didn't quite know it, but it was under my nose the whole time. I loved real estate. I loved technology. I just didn't always put it together. Mm-hmm. I knew what needed to happen to get, you know, I knew technology was it for sure. Um, but yeah, it just... There was so much family influence between, you know, my own mother in real estate when I was in high school and then um, obviously my, my wife, which, you know, her family's all in real estate. And it just, it, it, it was, so there was a lot of things that were going to pull me that direction. But yeah, it was interesting to me um, at an early age. But in college, it was funny. It was really hard to pick what it was going to be. Um, it, I just knew it was going to revolve around something tech. You met Nicole uh, in school? In school, yeah, actually, the story was I was um, jumping on these big big blocks with a, a ferret at the time. Who has a ferret? But I had one. And uh, she thought, who is this weird guy jumping with a ferret? And we start talking. And sure enough, we hit it off. And I realized how quickly, you know, how lucky I was to be talking to this amazing woman. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stick in this conversation. And uh, yeah, it went well. So we uh, ended up together. That's great. Now, I know now what I'm going to put in anything I do to promote this podcast, but I'm mentioning Ferris. You won't let me live that down. Well, I know you and I share something in common. Um, we both, I still currently work for Fidelity National Financial as the parent company. I'm now with Fidelity National Title over here in Florida, but you work for Fidelity National Title up in uh, Northern California, right? I did. And uh, yeah, what a great company, by the way. Um, I was impressed with the start on how they were run. I, I remember quickly after joining Fidelity, thinking to myself, you know, how lucky I was to be in such a, I guess, a financially astute company, you know, someone who really got it. And I felt like they cared about me as an employee and they gave me so much opportunity. So yeah, it was a great time of my, you know, really getting into being a professional and, and getting into real estate. So yeah, great years. Tell me what, uh, what you did for Fidelity. What was your role? How did it kind of, you were there for like six or seven years, right? Six or seven years, yeah. I came in and um, you know I had a tech influence, and I started almost in like a sales rep capacity. But then it was really quickly that I was routed into more of like a regional technology director. And what I ended up doing was 
I relayed like the, the national or corporate technology down to the local level and then made sure our title reps and even escrow officers knew how to implement it, use it. And then at times I could even be interfacing with the agent themselves on how to use, you know, the FNTG technology. And I found it so rewarding because there was a lot of room for growth in a lot of these agents' lives. They they needed this kind of technology. They needed access to data. They needed you know, whether it was property profiles or, um, you know, an escrow management tool, we had these resources for them and um, they ate it up and, and I loved it. And I would learn so much about the business through those years, you know, and I think that would help get me to where I am today, honestly. Web 2.0 and, and social kind of hit at the same time and it really kind of changes things on, the, on that, in that whole technology space. And that's right about the time that you decide to go out on your own, right, and start up um, I think with Nicole, yeah. uh, My Tech Opinion, which I was an early advocate and raving fan of that blog. It was great. Um, talk us, talk about that. Talk about the decision to leave, you know, a, a yeah. Fortune 500 mm-hmm. company and go out on your own. It was a, a very transformational time in my life. I remember, um, I remember when I first read about blogging. I immediately, I was on a Southwest flight and um, I was reading about, was it Darren Rowe of uh, Pro Blogger? And I was reading about how you know, he'd had this success and, and I immediately thought about all these conversations I was having with real estate agents on a regular basis. And they were telling me their technology challenges. And oftentimes it was a simple solution, but I thought it was so inefficient. I was going and I was saying it to one person and then I was saying it to another. And I thought, gosh, you know, if we could share this online, everybody could read it and it'd be so much more efficient. That'd be, that'd be really fulfilling. And my wife was a great writer, and we were, we just had our first child, and I remember, you know, I think she was ready to do anything that wasn't, you know, child-related, because she was filled with that all day long. And I, you know, I'm like, well, maybe she wants to, like, do some adult stuff and actually start writing some articles. And I came home, and I pitched it to her, and I'm like, hey, honey, you know, we got, what about this? You know, I could start us a little blog, and we can write about this space technology and real estate. You know a lot from working with your parents, and you know, maybe I can help foster some new ideas because that was what I was talking about all the time. And um, I started on on uh, Blogspot, which would turn out to be a mistake. You know, it didn't give me a lot of flexibility. But right after we started this blog, we realized that readers were were coming, and it became you know like infectious. All of a sudden, it was okay. We just posted this story, but what are we going to do next? And we were starting to get really creative with our topics and we're thinking, you know, what can we do to really help out? And it became fun. It was like, I, I, I use the word maybe rewarding, but immediately without any money coming in, it, it felt like this was a winner idea. And so that's when it dawned on us that, oh my gosh, you know what, we're getting viewers from all over the nation and we need to like make this a bigger deal. And we started to figure out, okay, we can advertise on this thing and let's try to grow it. And I guess it was at that point when, you know, you start to kind of figure out what can you, you know, what choices you want to make. And um, my tech opinion seemed like the right way to go. I mean, we were getting this national acknowledgement. Um, Inman's conferences were so important at the time. I mean, I remember that you, you kind of mentioned this. Remember the RE.net? There was this group of early bloggers and it really felt like this, you know, brotherhood and sisterhood. It was, it was amazing. I haven't really quite seen it since. It, it's still replicates it at current events but there was i remember this, at this one event it was in the san francisco area we all got our own trading cards everyone showed up and i think it was 
Gia Freer who brought them, she and Grant Freer from Florida, but they'd brought trading cards. Every, so every blogger that they considered in the RENet got their own. And it was such like this moment of like, oh my gosh, I think we made it. I, I'm serious. It was just a trading card, but it, <laughs> for us, kind of, it was a big deal, you know? And so, yeah, just slowly things shifted and all of a sudden all these opportunities were coming in from the web. And we were like, you know, kind of blown away by just putting ourselves out there. We were getting opportunities presented in front of us. And um, it's pretty soon you just see the writing on the wall. Right. And that led, that, that led to some other opportunities for you, as you mentioned. I mean, now there are speaking opportunities. There, there was yeah. Agent Evolution came, I think, out, kind of spun out of that as well. Yep. Right? And, and that was mm-hmm. you created WordPress themes. And now you, you've got a product you're selling. And it was just really fun to watch. You know, it's, it's like the good old days already, <laughs> which, is, which sounds yeah, funny. It's amazing. But it really was. You nailed it. And that's what it was. It was us kind of going through the process and then learning and then trying to teach others, you know, what we've gone through. Right. Let's let's kind of fast forward a little bit more. You you spent a couple of years in cyber homes, right? And was that was that kind of a spinoff out of FNF or am I way off? on? Yeah. You know, yeah, no, you're 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 right on in a lot of ways. And I think it was also a very important point. And so when I was with FNF, I had met Marty Frame. Um, because at the time, Bill Foley, he had this vision to co- create cyber homes, which was, I would say, like a direct competitor to Zillow. It was very similar. They had AVMs on every home. At the time, it was about 100 million parcels of property. It was this massive database. And when I saw the first presentation of cyber homes, I, my jaw dropped to the floor. It was so pretty, and it was amazing. And the, the the pictometry that was there, the mapping photos, it was you could see into every backyard. You know, it, all this data. I just knew I had to follow this guy. <laughs> it like changed me. I I just believed in it. I saw it, and I remember flying down as a uh, you know as a Fidelity employee actually meeting Marty at the time and telling him you know how how great this product was. And basically just listening to him talk about it, sharing his vision. I mean, this guy is so articulate and he is a true technologist and um, smart. Oh man, intelligent. It's amazing. So anyway, fast forward to that. That's why I went to cyber homes because I was just completely mesmerized with the product. And I was only there for a short time, as you mentioned, because he had the vision to when cyber homes wasn't going to be the direct competitor to Zillow that we wanted it to be because it, it just was going to cost a lot more money, I think, than FNF wanted to put into it at the time. They basically had sold the source code to NAR. And so Marty, along with um, a group at NAR, had worked to formulate this deal in the back channel. We didn't know anything about it as staffers at, at, at cyber homes at the time. When the day came, we heard about this opportunity and, you know, Marty uh, picked his team essentially. And we went on to essentially the source code from cyber homes became the, the first version of RPR. So it definitely was a, if you want, like a sub V1, you know? Right. Um, wow. Obviously you say, yes, I am in because you're all in on this whole data thing now. <laughs> and, and you, that's right. I, I see I just, the opportunity. Yep. 
what's your number at RPR? They must, you know, there must be numbers for these first people in, right? I know you hear about it all the time at startups and stuff. Did that happen there? Yeah. I, it's so funny. I'm glad you asked, but I wish I had the exact number. I'm somewhere between seven and 10. What I do know is I'm in that first group. So the executive team was formed and then they quickly grabbed their, um, their, their staff. And there was about 10 of us that came over at the time. And uh, we all came over at the same time. And I remember meeting around the first table, meeting Dale Ross and Jeff Young, who are now, you know, our CEO and head of operations and uh, thinking, okay, guys, we're going to do this. And drawing on the whiteboard. Yeah, talk about yeah. those early days. What is? What, I mean, I can't even imagine what that's like. You had this it, vision that was yeah. huge, and here you are. Let's implement. Well, luckily for me, I was a little naive, and I think that is a is a good thing at that stage for me. Luckily, our executive team was not. But you know, I didn't quite know the. I mean, I knew the politics side, but I didn't know the level of politics, right? So I just didn't quite know, and I knew. The technology was needed. I knew the data source was needed. I believed that our leaders could pull this off. So, um, you know, yeah, we started drawing it out. And I thought what was, what was amazing is from the start, we were able to just do incremental improvements and essentially take what we had and every month just make it a little bit better. And I think that is really what today makes RPR so amazing is that we've never stopped. I mean, every single month we have another release and every single month, you know, there's just more progress. And so, you know, that's how you get here, right? In right. the beginning, we went to the markets that welcomed us wide open. You know, I remember going to uh, Spokane and I remember going to Teresa Kenny in Miami and, uh, you know, um, Arizona, MLS and, and plenty of other markets that, really wanted RPR in early, even in my area, MLS listings, you know, and that momentum helps you. And then suddenly, before you know it, there's other markets that are saying, hey, we love what you did here. And by keeping your promises and delivering great technology, you end up moving, moving on. And here we are, you know, in 2017, and there's over 671 MLS partners. Right. I, I remember Armless was one of the first, I think, I think they were one of the first 10. In in that's in right. Are, yeah. They were. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I still remember the betas. They had this tech day and invited everybody in. It was very well produced. They were they were fantastic. You've always kind of been on the marketing social side, I th kind of yeah. I think. And so, were you able to have input on the functionality? Because it's such a small team, that had to be a blast yeah. to be able to be doing that as well as how are we going to get this message out, right? That's always been the blast. You're exactly right. I mean, the the team. The product and development teams are so capable. It's amazing. I mean, Neil Pynchon, who, who leads the visual uh, look for RPR, he can make anything look better. It's just amazing. And so, yeah, you know, you, you'd have these opportunities to be in these, you know, closed doors, you know, meetings where you're talking about features and, you know, and you'd see something you recommend get built into the site. And over time, you see users using it and loving it. And it's so rewarding. And for me, I think the biggest part of that was probably mobile. Um, they, so for, in, when we launched our mobile app, I was a business manager. My role was to interface with all of our alpha and beta teams and make sure that I got all that feedback pumped into our product development teams timely. And through that, I got to really help steer, you know, what that app got to be like. And I think it was, um, it was amazing because everyone, you know, that's, my world these days it's mobile and it's so exciting to see right. it appear on the phone and know that you have access to all this 
on a device that you can carry in your pocket. Let's let's talk about um, you know your role today. I mean, your your audience is is really it's 1.2 million members of the National Association of Realtors, right? That's right. That's who you're targeting, and it's what's. Let's talk about maybe your biggest challenge or some of the challenges. You know, getting members on board with the possibilities, the opportunities. I mean, I, I think RPR is flat out amazing. It seems to me like it'd be the easiest thing in the world <laughs> to get 100% buy-in with. But what are your challenges? Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's the very first step. It's just, I mean, awareness is always the, the entry issue. And when you think about real estate, you think about there's there's no one source that every agent turns into. You know, you could you could wish it was you know, even the NER website, or you could wish it was our blog or, or you know, Inman or whatever, but they just, they don't. And it's, it, the market itself is just, it's just fractured in that way in the communication sense. So just getting the word out can present some challenges. And also I think that sheer competition of products, not everyone knows, you know, what product's going to work better than what space. But I think what we've seen is over time, just the fact that it is a member benefit and it's you know, dues funded, it's something that they could just pretty much log into and start using. It, it does win over over time. Where you know it might be more challenging is if you had somebody that's been doing it one way for 20 years, you know, what's their motivation to change? Even if it's maybe more efficient, you can save time. Some people, you know, they're busy, life's happening. Switching technology is not always the most fun. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you move your table it until the first of the year when you make your resolutions. But, uh, yeah, so I think that it's just getting people to open their eyes, look at what's available, and then try it. Because once they try it, we find, you know, a lot of success in retaining those users. And that's why I think our growth has been so great over the last few years is, you know, once folks start creating reports, start seeing the client's reaction to having the data presented really well in a report, and then, you know, um, also being able to do it really quick so you're not bogged down in research, I think those things start surfacing to the top is really important in the agent's life, and then you get that repeat user. For me, I, it seems that, you know, realtors are constantly trying to figure out a way to become of more value and a better resource and, you know, listen intently on social and help when they can. And they've got this thing sitting right there in their back pocket, ready to roll, like you mentioned, on their phone. I mean, the ability to quickly whip up a, a either a mini property report or, or some other report quickly and text it from their phone is it's crazy simple, crazy good. I think that's it. And then, you know, to 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 build on that, what happens is once you figure that out, I, I see a lot of agents and say, I'm going to keep this close to me and I love it, but you know what? It's my favorite best secret. And I, I mean, I'm fine with everybody getting it, but they got to get it on their own time because I'm going to use it till, <laughs> till they figure it out. <laughs> so, you know, um, it, it, it is, it's like that. And um, I think the mobile aspect of it, as you're mentioning, is the immediacy. You can do life. I mean, in real estate, you never know when that call is going to come in. I've been at plenty of dinner parties where all of a sudden my wife gets a phone call that's unplanned where she needs to quickly have access to something. And this just makes it so much easier, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I got to give you, I'm going to shout out. You mentioned the blog earlier. I, I personally have referred hundreds of realtors to blog.narrpr.com. That, that site is amazing. And I'm going to assume that that's your baby. Love the videos, the case studies, yeah. the books, the webinars. 
everything in there is amazing. Talk about that site. Promote it a little bit. I mean, only uh, it's just amazing. Yep. Thank you. But so this has been definitely a uh, work in progress and an evolution. And I wouldn't be able to do it without a phenomenal team. So, you know, there is one thing that you will find when you look at any RPR staffer, and that is their enthusiasm and their passion. And it comes out in a lot of the stuff that we do on the blog. But one thing we brought into it was we knew on-demand education and fulfillment, you know, self-fulfillment of resources was going to be important. And so we really just tried to say, what is it that, you know, needs to be out there? And we thought about all the different learning styles and all the different ways we want to acquire information. And we really tried to just build content that fit into each of those little areas. And over time, we ended up with this. I mean, today I'm just so proud of it, but this really amazing experience. You know, we, um, in the first quarter of this year, the RPR blog had what almost 1.3 million page views. I think it was 1.2 something, but yeah, it's, it's got a lot of traffic coming to it. The video learning, you mentioned that you can watch one video and then that will take you into the next video. So we decided the whole playback experience of webinars was not amazing and we looked at sites like lynda.com and others where they'd actually made lesson plans and we thought to ourselves let's try to do that same thing here and then once we had that built we thought well you know now we need a print version so we need some ebooks you know and then well the ebooks are too long we need some quick start guides that are the one pages that you could print out at a sales meeting and then so we made those and you know pretty soon you've covered all your bases and now the challenge is just keeping it current <laughs> and i think that's where i joke with my team the most you know it's we're never done. The minute we get done, we just go back to the beginning and we really start reproducing everything again. Yeah. So there's a lot of you know rework, but I'm glad you appreciate it. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, like I said, it's it's one of those things that I kind of keep in my hip pocket <laughs> and pull out when I'm talking to it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's perfect. Tell me. I love that. I know you, you you must have millions of success stories, but you have a couple favorites, you know, that where somebody shared something back with you that they were able to kind of make happen because of RPR. Yes, we we do this my RPR campaign, so I hear of stories all the time. I'm going to tell you two. Um, and the first one, though, I've got to go with my wife. So it, the, it's funny because I I see her business the closest. Um, it's been really fun for me. But I remember a time when before she was a realtor, when she would barely listen to me talk about work. And now she hangs and breathes on everything I say that's work-related. It's hilarious. So awesome. I... I uh, I really appreciate that. But recently she had this buyer and it was, um, it was a, the, the buyer client. Um, it was a tough situation. There, there's no inventory in our market. They'd been, you know, waiting for about six months. And so she goes to her marketing meeting and she, during the buyer's wants and needs section, she lets the whole audience know all the, all the real estate agents. She lets them know um, about her buyer and what they want. And the photographer off on the side pulls her, pulls her off and says, Hey, I was just at this home today. And I think it could be a good fit for you. I was just taking photos. He gives her the address. She pulls open her app and she quickly sees that, yes, oh my gosh, it's perfect. And so within a second, she fires off a report right from the app to her client just to say, hey, this is coming on the market next week. I want you to know about it. I'm going to go over and take a look right now. And then she goes over to the home. And by the way, on the way over, she calls the agent. She knows the agent had already. So they um, make, in a, uh, make it okay for her to go and preview the property real quick. She pulls out, again, the app while she's at the home, 
snaps off about five photos because the photos hadn't been uploaded yet. So they weren't current. So you couldn't see inside the home. So by Nicole taking the photos, it added them to the report and then she sent it to that buyer. Well, it turns out things work out. And about 72 hours later, the offer is in the listing agent's hand and he's presenting it and it gets accepted 24 hours, you know, just 24 hours after it had basically gone on. So she was already got it in there quickly and they ended up winning this deal. And, you know, my wife now tells this story all the time because it's, it's the typical, it made her look good. It was pretty darn easy. And at the end of the day, it just, the whole thing just worked. It couldn't have been any better. She had a data source. She was able to catalog the images and send the data to her client quickly, who is on the other end, just waiting to hear, you know? So I love that story um, because it, it makes them look good. It makes the agent look good. Now, another one, which we have a video on the blog, if anyone wanted to check this out and they could search Greg Center. But I would tell you, you know, we had this practitioner, Greg Center, who hadn't used the RPR app before. And he, he, the day before he has an open house, he downloads the app to his phone, still doesn't have time to actually use it yet, hadn't actually fired it up, and gets to his open house. He's trying to you know, interact with these different uh, prospects that are coming in the doors and you know, having marginal success. He tries a couple different apps that he was using that day and he wasn't having a lot of luck there. So it's later on in the day, he decides, you know, he's got to make something happen with some of these folks that are coming in. And he turns to the RPR app. And there's this couple that walks in and they start asking about the home. He can tell pretty quickly that this home's not a great fit. But through the RPR app, he points out another home that's just right down the street that might be a good fit and um, starts talking to him in this conversation about the home. He's looking up data. <laughs> using the app in real time is by the way the home he didn't even know about you know five minutes earlier really they end up in a conversation and he's able to then basically uh, really impress this uh, couple and through that was able to show them the home that home didn't work out but they created the relationship at that moment and he was able to show other homes he ended up getting into multiple deals so you know, it just shows when you have access to the information at the right time, it creates opportunities. And I love that. And I think that can be told time and time and time again, you know, through different agents. So and those are two, two go-tos. Yeah, my, uh, my favorite words out of, that, out of that little answer were relationships and conversations. That is everything in the life of a realtor, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they're doing every single day. Matter of fact, we just uh, did a survey at RPR and we found the same thing. I mean, agents are turning their phones for exactly that, you know, just conversations constantly all day long, keeping up with their clients and, and searching for home information. But fascinating. So, yeah, it's presenting it easily. Yeah. Well, Reggie, I've had you here the half hour I asked you for. I'm going to give you the same question I've given 89 other guests on the podcast and it's your final question that's what what piece of advice would you give a new realtor just getting started in the business you know i would say don't feel like you've got to always follow the pack find your niche find something that makes you unique uh, find how you can stand out 
And then most importantly, don't forget to schedule the time to work on your business, not just in it. Now, I think so many folks can get caught up in the day-to-day monotony of everything, and you've got to be consistent with your marketing and your outreach. And if you do that, I think you will be successful. If somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? You know, I'd say first via the blog, blog blog.narrpr.com. Um, you can always find me on Twitter at Reggie RPR. And then, of course, um, if you want to give me a direct email, that's okay, too. And I'm Reggie at NARRPR.com. Reggie, thank you so much for taking time today to, uh, well, to clue us in a little bit on the ferret story and and, <laughs> and some of that early stuff. But, boy, I, I like I said, I'm a huge fan of what, of what RPR has brought to the real estate community. Well, I shouldn't say that, but it's brought to realtors because it's their tool. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, it'll be fun to watch it continue to grow. And um, the Dale Ross emails are awesome. I get them. So I'm always wondering what's next and uh, keep up the great work. Yeah, keep it up. Hey, thank you very much for your time, Bill. I enjoyed the interview.